Hello and welcome along to G'day GA, brought to you in association with O'Neill's International Sportswear, the choice of champions. Please visit O'Neill's on O'Neill's Sportswear AU on Facebook and on Instagram. Delighted to be joined this evening yet again remotely by the one and only John Heenahan. Thanks for joining us, John. Liam, come on, will you sit up on the couch now? You're, you're, li- you're lying back there like a man who... <laughs> Bet down all week. Come on, you, you're having a great time at home with your wife and son. Sit up there now and, and get stuck I'm, into this. I'm stuck into it here. I'm just like, this is my comfortable position. <laughs> Thanks for joining us anyway, John. John's, again, half bottle of wine in, even more this time. Um, I'm also on the line, Shawnee O'Leary. How are you going, Shawnee? How are you doing, Liam? I'm very, very good. No wine tonight for me. I just had a cup of berries tea here. That's it. Shawnee's on the tea out in the granny flat. Out back, yeah. My granny flat slash office at the moment. Yeah, fair play to you, Shani. Um, look, we did our last episode. I think it was just over two weeks ago now, and we got a bit of feedback on Twitter on Akinagea. We had Mark Away tweet us at Mark underscore Awade. Just listened to the podcast for the first time as I walked around Watergrass Hill and past Shani Leary's house. Jerlock Nan, the top five lads. You got to be serious. In my worst top three. Had to do an extra lap. You were so good. Sean, is that he neighbour of yours, Sean, is he? He is. Mark Wade is from uh, Torless Sars. Um, uh, he's himself an Indian, right, who moved to Watergrass Hill about, yeah, about 15, 20 years ago. Um, they're good good old club mates of mine at the moment, or ex-club mates as well. Fan of the pod, anyway. Great to have you tuned in Mark well oh, I, I'd say only a fan of the podcast recently I haven't, I haven't heard from him since we started it so I think we seem to be picking up a few new listeners um, in these current circumstances which in, is always good in good Wire, exposure we've got massive in Watergrass Hill now which is great like huge uh, huge I, interest, interesting I was, I was having to think back about that kind of the punt uh, the, the pundits one after we did the kind of podcast and I was thinking look everyone's going to have a different opinion of it but the way I describe it is that if if you kind of shush everybody in the room when somebody starts talking as a pundit and you're looking forward to them speaking, that's how you know you like a pundit. And for me, when I hear Tommy Welch or when I hear Jardock Nanner or the top five that I give, they're the people that I always kind of you know, tell people to be quiet or I really intently listen to them. And that's why they're my top five or top ten. And I think everybody's going to have different versions of it, but it's, it's a very individual kind of a taste. You can't really have any facts to back it up but it, 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 it's, a, it's a personal thing well you're definitely not wrong Giggles anyway there's no one it's wrong subjective it's a very subjective one exactly Shawnee yeah we did have a bit of feedback on Shawnee calling one of the pundits Sir Lachnan saying that, <laughs> that we got a message in there from Davey Ryan who's a, <laughs> he's a regular listener actually featured on the show as well saying that that was a sackable offence uh, sorry about that Davey yeah no problem. I'd wine on board that night yeah are you banging there now, Shani? Drop the phone. I'm banging anything. Um, I always get blamed, don't I, Liam? Yeah, making the noise. So, that, that was great for getting in touch. Any of Mark and Davey, keep the, keep the comments coming on at GA on Twitter and on Instagram and also on email, gadaga at gmail.com. Um, we also oh, have feedback, oh, Liam, oh, we have on, an email. on email from Fergal O'Reilly. Yeah. Do you want to go the through that, Shani? 
Yeah, Fergal O'Reilly, who's um, actually, going through a lot of detail here. We, do here. we can't read it all out. Which, um, we paraphrase. <laughs> so he's he's given his uh, attempted breakdown of the four week championship. Um, so the first weekend he has, or the first actually he split it over a couple of days. So when the when the August the fifth, he has Wexford and Galway in the Leinster hurling final. Not sure how he's got to the Leinster hurling final already, but anyway. Um, Sunday, August the 9th, he's gone for the Monster Hurling final. Oh, he's based it on the current standing of the league at the moment, Limerick and Clare. And in the primary quarterfinals, open draws for, for all these teams Tip, Cork, Carlow, Westmead, Leash, Dublin, Kikini, Wexford, um, Waterford, Galway, uh, drawn against Kerry. Uh, Wexford and Galway are drawn against Kerry or Antrim. So, Sunday, 16th of August, he's got quarterfinals, open draw. So, and then on the following week, he's got the semi-finals, mm. open draw of the winning of the four teams previous, and then Sunday the 30th All-Ireland final. It's not a bad old one, actually. It keeps yeah. the game to a minimum, and it, it, it kind of promotes the teams who have done well in the league. It accommodates the two kind of top two teams in the Christie ring. It's it's, it's fairly well thought he, out plan, actually, isn't it? He so, did have a comment also on the punditry, saying he can't, couldn't believe Liam Sheedy and Brendan Cummins weren't not in the top ten. I did call out Liam Sheedy in fairness. You did, yeah. I don't know. I'm not sure about Cummins. I don't mind him, no. but I just don't think he's any, any cutting in him as a pundit. He's probably he's probably a good commentator. Yeah, he's not a bad commentator. Yeah, I like him as a commentator. Mm. That's true. Yeah. Mm. yeah, that's what. Yeah, yeah. We had to help kind of clarify that bit for for giggles when he was kind of commentators or pundits, you know. But we, we, we and, it, and 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 presenters. Yeah, we got a bit of kind of structure on it anyway at the end of it. <laughs> um, but yeah, thanks for for getting us. That was a lengthy email. He put a bit of work into that now. To be fair to him, um, he did. Yeah. And I do like his signature as well. Fergal Riley, year six classroom teacher, St. Mary's Primary School in Greensboro. So I hope that wasn't done yeah. on work time, Fergal. <laughs> no, it was actually sent at two o'clock on a Monday. So was that during 30th of March? That yeah, was, was holidays. during school holidays. Yeah, was maybe. School holidays. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Work. That's okay. okay. That's fine. Good work, Fergal. Keep, keep, <laughs> keep, keep tuning and keep sending in the feedback. So we got a good show for you today. Giggles has a Giggles corner. And then Giggles is also... Laid down a bit of a challenge to myself and Johnny. I'm sure he's thought about it himself as well to go through our top three favourite games of all time, not including your own county. So county, county. So all right, we might kick off with a bit of a bit of a giggles corner. Um, have you got that ready, giggles? I've already. Yeah. Wait there. I'm okay. Ready, yeah. All right. Okay. We'll come up. With, we'll come up with that next. It's always, you know, great to, you know, to say that you walk the steps of Crow Park and you lifted the McCarthy Cup, like, and, but, you know, we never changed one bit from the day we started, let's say, our first game with, with Glenmore. Going back to your locals and the people that you're brought up with and you're reared with, and it's just, there's nothing like coming back there, like. The one the fancy open top bus line, I think, about Dublin's, Richard Dublin's lorry, and up on the back of the lorry and off down. It's just lovely country, and a few bonfires. Definitely one of the best Laker Gales. I'll t- keep saying it like it's it's one of the old half an hour ones, but I reckon it could, if they hadn't been done, it would have been a brilliant one hour one on those boys. Yeah, it's, it's absolutely brilliant. It, it, it's kind of interesting the route there. Before I jump into the, the the interesting route the Laker Gales are taking at the moment, like they've they've had Kieran Donaghy and Alan Brogan, who you can kind of you know say they're two of the greatest of all time in their in their eras, and they're well deserving of a Laker Gale. But then you've got like 
David Brady landing in there all of a sudden and he talks for 20 minutes about poaching salmon in, in the <laughs> river outside of Ballina, and you're kind of wondering, geez, where is this going? And actually, I enjoyed the one then on Iggy Clark, but like you, you, you kind of say Iggy Clark, he was a bit of an unknown before Lake Regal came out. So they're, they're, it's hard to know whether they're, they're kind of diversifying or they're actually stretching and, and, and struggling to look for, to get people these days. I don't mind. Um, I actually, I actually like some of the unknown ones. Like, is in like I'd rather an unknown rather than a David Bray now. But like, like not Gizzy Ling, and not saying he was unknown, but he like his was a very good one. Like it, Gizzy Ling's was very interesting it was because very, it was so out there and alternative. Yeah. and the life he's changed in terms of from a, a traditional kind of a schoolboy growing up playing hurling all his life, played for Wexford, but then went totally. To, the, to a different realm yeah. in terms of how he lives his life it's it's interesting and um, the mental health challenges I thought they did that really really like well like they didn't hide yeah, away they did he actually, didn't yeah, hide yeah. away from any of it I thought it was I thought it was excellent I, and I didn't I, was, I didn't know a lot of that stuff about him you know I really I yeah. did, that's I it it was like Gizzy Ling's one is really about oh, thoroughly about a person rather than the game and how what yeah, the game did for him great, really I, like, thought, I thought it was yeah. great I thought it was really it's good Anyway, sorry, I went off on a tangent there. Oh, sorry, Lee. Giggles. Sorry. No, no problem, Giggles. No problem, Giggles. So, Giggles. We Giggles love the O'Connors, though. We can list them all day. What, what have we got, Giggles? Which O'Connors are you talking about? The Kilkenny ones or the Cork ones, Shawnee? The, oh, we love them. <laughs> ben and Jerry are just out there on their own. They're on a different pedestal altogether. That'll be a good Lake Gale. They should do that as a joint one, Ben and Jerry. Have they done, anyway. that? Have they done that one? No, 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 they haven't. No. That'll be two hour one. Oh, lads, getting the warning <laughs> here on Zoom, running out of time. This meeting will end in 10 minutes. No, that they, they, they allow that to continue, don't they, with the whole... Yeah, I wonder if they clamp down it. Anyway, we'll drive on. Let's drive on, anyway. Look, lads, I, I said I'd, I'd do a bit of a think today about... I'm calling it the five biggest robberies of all time, right? But I don't think they're necessarily robberies. Like, I like Don Logrady's one phrase. I would like one phrase from Don Logrady in particular, and he says... The team with the most scores at the game at the end of the game is the best team on the day, right? And 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 he has a point when he says that. But I think there's been a case over the years like where teams have lost games and Jesus, you wonder how did they lose them, right? So I've I've gone from five to one. Um it was a very quick thinking around this now, but bear with me on it. Five of the greatest robberies I've seen um over uh, the last couple of years, right? Probably last twenty, twenty five years. Go for Giggles, yeah, that sounds good. All right. So the first, the fifth greatest robbery, so at the bottom of the table in terms of the five, um, was a game I was at in Turles myself. Uh, Waterford won 16, Galway 18 points in 2009 in a All-Ireland quarterfinal. Now, for everybody who was at this game, it was um, it felt inevitable for the whole first 59 minutes that Waterford were going to lose this game. Galway were 18-14 up. Galway had some dreadful wides, disastrous wides. Waterford were trying to blood a new team. Um, Davy had obviously gotten the kind of beaten in the All-Ireland final from Kilkenny the year before. Dan was relegated to the bench. Shane Welch was relegated to the bench. But he sprung Dan and, Dame and Shane Welch from the bench on 59 minutes. Dan caught a ball, scored a point. Dan caught a ball, hand-passed it to Shane Welch. And then there was this famous point from John Milan where Seamus, Declan Pendergast is soloing up the field hand passed it to Milan, Milan puts it over the bar, and Waterford win the game 116 to 18 points, and Galway were absolutely shell-shocked. Um, it was a game, mo- most Waterford people were nearly leaving the, the ground at 55, 56 minutes. 
But um, it was probably one of those unknown ones. It's probably personal to myself, but I thought that was a bit of a robbery on my own behalf. I don't know. Can you remember the game, lad? I won't lie now. I can't remember it. Can you remember, Shani? Yeah, I I do remember the game. Yeah, I know the one you're talking about, uh, Liam. Liam, I remember. What's the game when Dan Shannon comes on and scores a goal when he's wearing a helmet? That's the 2010 Munster final against Cork. Yeah, yeah. No, was there one of the lights? Was there one of the lights? Yeah, that was Munster final replay. Munster final replay in Turles. Everyone, everyone. Lucky girls, Liam doesn't know a clue about any other game outside of a kick game, so we don't even bother. I know. I was just trying to think about when that was. I was just, I was just, I knew that time. It was, it was the, it was, it was the year before that 2010 Munster final. Okay, thanks, Keith. Thanks for clarifying. So number four on the list, and and I've only put, I remember watching this game like as as a six year old. And I've only really watched it back again the other night when it was on the aggregate, but I could not believe Galway lost the 1990 All-Ireland Final to Cork. It was, like, I won't say it was robbery because Cork just stayed in there, but the amount of chances Galway missed, they must have hit, I think, 20 or 21 wides yeah. to Cork 7 or 8. And it finished Cork 5-15, Galway 2-21. John Fitzgibbon, who was a great hurler for Cork number 15, was anonymous for the whole game, scored two goals and a point in the last five minutes. Um, yeah. Jar Cunningham, the goalie for Cork, the famous iconic Jar Cunningham, saved a shot from Nocton, the Galway wing forward who was on fire all day with his nose. Hit, <laughs> the the slitter hit him straight in the nose, went went out for a 65. The umpire gave it as a wide, and Cork went down and got a point. And that was kind of like a turning point. If that had went in, Galway would have went eight points up, and it would have been, you know, lights out for that Cork team, and Galway would have won. They were going for their third All Ireland in four years, um, and just. I guess the, the way I'd kind of describe this is, do you know when a team does all the hurling for 55 or 60 minutes of an intercounty game or, do you know, 50 or 52 minutes of a club game and they just end up losing in the last five minutes? Like they say, you don't, you don't lose a game in the, 15, but you, in the first 15 minutes, but you could lose in the last 15 minutes. This is what I'm talking about in this environment, that Galway had all the hurling and um, couldn't believe they lost to Cork on the day, but it was a kind of a, a Cork team that was ageing and... Um, they got their final All Ireland out of it, but they didn't get another one for nine more years. Yeah, yeah. Joe Cooney absolutely ripped Cork apart in his own in the first, I'd say, 25, 30 minutes. He had Jim Cashman, like, Jim Cashman touched the ball. No. And Cooney was just running the game, running it. Yeah, Joe Cooney had scored 1 7 from play, 1 7 in the first half, and he didn't score in the second half. No. Yeah, so Mark Foley and John Fitzgibbon came into it in the second half for Cork. They did, and like you had that, like I, I people talk about that half back line of Keedy, centre back, Affinity, and um, what's his name, McInerney, the other wing back, McInerney, yeah. And geez, they were actually class when you watch them, they were actually ahead of them. They have all the skills that the, the current modern day yeah. players have, especially they were attacking Keedy. half backs, they yeah, were, con- they were yeah. constantly attacking, aren't they? Yeah, like midfield was anonymous, the, the two mid, the four midfielders were all just. Rooting and tearing and pulling and dragging, yeah. like that's all they were doing. Yeah. And like the, it was the two half back lines, you know, or, the, or sorry, the half back lines, the half forward lines that were actually running the game. Yeah. Um. So that was my number four in terms of the robberies. I don't like you. You, you kind of think a robbery is a smash and grab. That wasn't a smash and grab, but it was. It was like how did Galway lose the game? Yeah. Number three in uh, the robberies, the five biggest robberies of all time. I'm going to go with this one, Liam. You won't agree with this one, but 2009. I 100 percent agree. Um, with Kenny 222, 23 <laughs> points. Like, for a goalie to get a, a man of the match in the All-Ireland final speaks volumes of the man. And if it was not for PJ Ryan, Tipperary would have been 
4.23 to 20 points up with five minutes to go and there would be no coming back. The amount of saves and the outstanding audacious saves that like you could not imagine or envisage a goalie pulling off that he created. But he did, right? And he kept Kilkenny in the game. And then you've got the controversial penalty that Brian Gavin already admits wasn't a penalty, even though he wasn't referee in the game. He was on, he was on a, a show. Demon no, who was, who was the ref? That guy? I think it was Barry Kelly. Dear McCorman was refing. Oh, Dear McCorman, sorry, yeah. Dear Wasn't McCormick. a penalty. Henry stuck the penalty. I think that either got him back level or a point up, I can't remember. And then the most blatant push in the back by Richie Foley to allow Richie Martin, Power. Martin Comerford, Richie Power, sorry, to allow Martin Comerford in to stick the second one. And, like, it's not often you'd feel sorry for Tip, and maybe you'd argue you don't even feel sorry for Tip, and I don't know, do I, because it's Tipperary, but Kenny <laughs> walked away with the four in a row, um, and the Tipperary team were, were absolutely, I'd say they just felt like their po- their pocket was picked. They had they had the fortune in the bank, and they could not believe that they were uh, well, going back to Tipperary without Liam McCarthy. I, I would agree with you, that was the biggest robbery of all, uh, for me, it was one of the biggest robberies of all time, I'm, I'm interested to hear the top two. But like that, Tipperary scored. Tipperary scored fourteen goals that year coming into the All Ireland final and didn't score a goal in the final. Like I remember watching it, like and it was just when Benny Dunn got sent off, Tip went a couple of points up. Oh yeah. And I was just like, oh, this is not like, does not like you know. I remember Eddie Brennan lost the ball, then he just kind of gave up. I was like, oh Jesus Christ! So just, we're just kind of curtains here now. The momentum is is going with these lads. And then we got the penalty, and look, yeah, it definitely was a controversial call. But it was interesting reading Shefflin's book. Like Shefflin was saying, like he felt that he was absolutely useless that whole final, and he was absolutely shitting himself taking the penalty. He said his legs yeah. were like blocks, and he and he stuck it like. But Cummins like got hurt to it, but it was a ridiculous penalty. Like, yeah. and then the goal was scored straight away. The next one, yeah. Michael Cavanagh kept the ball in that you would he'd never keep in. I don't know how he, he kept it. He was a size 30, 37 hurley or something like that. Like, and the longer the hurley, obviously, the more power you can generate. Yeah. That's just the fact. And like the power he hit that penalty with was ridiculous. Yeah. And Cummins was like obviously psyched to save it. And he did a fair, he made a fair effort to be he fair did. to him. He but did. um it, yeah. it, it wasn't enough and, and Kilkenny did four in a row. Yeah, yeah. Um Giggles, I'm gonna pause you there because I have I have Zoom here saying it's gonna stop in in less than a minute, right? So I'm gonna do a quick pause and we'll come in with the top two in one second. Sorry guys, quick little break there. We had Zoom issues, we're too tight to pay for the pro, so we're back in with a new meeting. Giggles. Yeah, just to wrap up on there, and the Kenny tip on hundred percent massive robbery. Unbelievable. I, I'll tell a quick little aside note on this on that game. Um the following February, Kenny were playing tip over in Turles. Um and the game had been called off twice because of the snow mm. and the game eventually took place like on a Wednesday night over in Turles. massive crowd over at Kilkenny Tip it was unreal like freezing cold and anyway it got fairly heated on the line between Cody and Sheedy and Liam Sheedy pushed Brian Cody on the line you imagine the Dean pushing Brian Cody, it's father Brian Cody, the same of same. So, so, I, so I, anyway, I, I wasn't happy with this, and I got up and I started, like, you know, shouting a few choice words down. This owl, this owl, this owl tip one, owl tip one sitting in front of me turns around to me. This is six months later now. It was never a penalty. Like, th- that wasn't even the match we were at. Like, they were still so burnt by that Richie Power penalty that he'd won. I was just like, why on about just get over? Like, you know what I mean? But they were so sick and down there. 
that we had robbed of that one, and that was definitely the sweetest one ever. I'd say. I think I think Kilkenny people, Kilkenny people in general, are delighted with the fact that you actually robbed them of it. Oh, yeah. That actually makes it even more sweeter. And to be fair, to be fair, karma came around to bite you in the arse there last September or August when. Actually, for the first time, you had the likes of JJ Laney and Owen Larkin speaking on podcasts and whatnot yes. about, um, you know, Asher, it was never a penalty, ha ha, Lar, and, you got, and then Richie Hogan got sent off. And look, I think we all agreed that to let her lobs are sending off, but none of us would have sent him off if we were the referee. And I would put my hand up saying, I think he should have got a yellow card. Um, but that did potentially cost Kilkenny in All-Ireland this time around. So look, no, but, it but, all, I think, it, it, but, but that one then is, I think the context of the other one is like when it happened in the last 10 minutes, that incident. Oh, no, no. It's way, know, way the worse, dram, yeah. The way dra- worse, The drama yeah, yeah. of it, like, you know, like if, with the Richie Hogan incident, no, we'll go back there, but it happened in the first half, the game was over. The like, yeah. It still wasn't over when all that happened. Like, Tip was still in the game. Yeah. I met I met James Moran from the former Limerick senior hurler in the toilets at half time and there was a point in the game. Yeah. And he goes, he just said to me, what's the ref after doing? He's after ruining the game. The game is over. And I couldn't believe it. I just, Kilkenny never lie down like the game isn't over. But and as it transpired, yeah. it was because Kilkenny just couldn't keep up 14 versus 15 oh, with the tip it. team in their pump. And, and, and probably most teams wouldn't be able to. But anyway, that was number three. Well, number yeah. two. Thanks for that memory. Number two, I'm going to I'm going to move on to. Yeah, you, you enjoy that one, Liam. Number two, I'm going to move on to one, Sean. You won't enjoy this. Limerick 332. Cork 231, 2018 All Ireland semi-final. Normal time finish 127 apiece. With six minutes to go in the game, it was 126 to Cork, 120 to Limerick. Like in any man's language, that's game over. Um, you, you, Limerick looked like a beaten team. Cork were on fire. Their forwards were clicking 126. You think they'd clip on a few more points? Limerick actually went 127 to 126 up in normal time and it took a, a last gasp James Harnedy point I think to force the extra time and then Limerick took over after that but um, yeah. it was one of those games it was like it was like this Cork team are actually I think they've over 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 delivered in terms of their ability like they, they nearly robbed the final against Cork or against Clare in 2013 they actually we're on the cusp of getting to this other than final and I have no doubt with Cork's record against Galway and that Galway team being so tired, Cork probably would have won the All-Ireland as well in 2018. But Limerick came back from the dead and robbed them and um, they, uh, they they yeah. they got just, just, just rewards from 1994. They, they put the 1994 robbery to bed. But anyway, that was my number two. Yeah, I think you're, that's a fair. I, I was hope I was thinking you were going to bring that one up actually, and I was like, "You're right too, though." I was is like, that, Cork is that one. Chance... Daniel Kearney was absolutely flying. He got injured, and it just exposed Cork's strength and depth that they had to bring him back on again. You Man, know, yeah. Remember Harnedy's yeah, chance? Been but when was Harnedy's chance? Was that an extra time or was that a normal time? Extra so time. That was a, no, 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 no. That oh, was no, a normal time. time. Yeah. Normal yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, the game was the game was one twenty-seven apiece at that stage. Harnedy got the ball and was blocked down by Mickey Quaid in the goal. Yeah. Just the pass wasn't perfect to him. And Harnedy was uh, injured. Sli- Harnedy was injured as well, remember? He was a bit Harnedy yeah. was injured. Yeah, he went for the big swing as well inside the yeah. square. Do you know, Henry had the same chance against Limerick in 27 and he batted the ball in when there was three lads hanging off and that's probably the difference there. Do you know, uh, like an inside forward, if that was Horgan or if that was maybe Cadigan, goal, they would yeah. have had the cuteness to kind of just shorten the wrist and Step flick it in. 
Harnady's a real ball winner and he's a class act. Like, let's call it Spades Bay. He's a class act, yeah. but it was a classic centre forward, half forward being stuck inside in the square where there's not as much room as there is normally out on the 40 or out in the wing. And Quaid was in like a shot, blocked him down, game went extra time, and then there was only one winner after that. That was a sickener. That was an absolute sickener. And I think, I think 2009 was even sickening as well that Cork just didn't, you know, push on from there and learn from it. And, you know, starting out again this year again, you're just like, maybe maybe there is some truth in what they're saying, like that they're overachieving or over-delivering, as, as you're saying, probably as well. Yeah. yeah, I think the forwards are brilliant and their midfield isn't bad either, but they're like... Yeah, Galway, proved, Galway proved it for years and years and years they couldn't find a centre-back and a full-back they finally found Dahi Burke and Garrod McInerney they won in Ireland Cork yeah. need to do the same they just need to find a full-back and a centre-back and I, think, I think it's just a, a defensive unit really it's not even just obviously it is the positions that make the unit like, but it's playing as a unit like I mean Kilkenny did it for years they, like, they wouldn't have you know six unbelievable backs but they just play so well as a unit and back each other up and all that. I think the Cork just don't have that. They had it back in, you know, 2005, 2006, 2004, that unit there, you know, with Corn, Sullivan, you know, Gardner, Halpin, all those, they all worked with each other, but Cork don't have that, haven't had that for a go, long go, time. Go, go to any team that's won in All-Ireland, go back just as far as 95, Lohan, Shawnee, Mack, right? Yeah. Go to 96, you have Jarrah Coach, Liam Dunn. Go to the Kilkenny teams, you have Noel Hickey, or Brian Hogan, and then you've got JJ Brian Hogan. Go to Cork, you've got the Rock and Ronan Curran class acts. Mm. You, you go to the Limerick team, you've got Casey, who is an unbelievable fullback, and Declan Hannon, who's a class act. You don't you don't win in All Ireland without a class fullback and centre back. And no, you're right, you're right. Cork just don't have it at the moment. And and they kind of the the falls came against Waterford in 2017. It, it became obvious. Then 2018 it happened again, and 2019 it happened again. So. They need to find um, three and six. Mm-hmm. Sorry, he's sick of listening to Go out on to the broad games. From a man who plays centre-back most of his career, he must feel fair sick about hearing three and six coming from a lad who plays the full forward line. <laughs> 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 right. I hasn't a clue about being back there, but anyway, I can still say it. Move on, move on. <laughs> right, the last robbery of all time won't come as a surprise to anyone 1994, Offaly 3-16, yeah. Limerick 2-13. Lim- Limerick had hurled for 59, 60, 61 minutes. Uh, I think they were 2-12 to 1-11 up or something like that. And Offaly scored 2-5 to a point in the last nine eight minutes. minutes. Nine, nine minutes. Johnny Dooley got the first goal from the penalty or from the 21-yard free. Then O'Connor came in and whipped on the ball, got the second goal. Billy Dooley, Joe Dooley, all, all, all the all the, the Dooleys were unreal, and they were clipping points from everywhere. And Limerick literally, it was like Johnny Dooley scored the goal and thought, okay, we're grand. And O'Connor came in and got the second goal, and they just said, right, we've lost it, and they did lose it. And it was it was like they were just paralysed then, watching on as Offaly bet the crap out of them for the last couple of minutes, and they could do nothing about it. And what should Offaly win by then, Giggs? Six points, three sixteen to two thirteen. Yeah, so there were five points up with however many eight minutes to go, and last by nine or last by six. Sorry, so uh, eleven oh, points wing. Jesus Christ! It was so. I just said I was having to think about the odd nostalgic games on TV these days. I was having to think about. Jeez, there was a fit, and I think it was the Cork Galway game triggered it with me. I was like, 
how did Galway lose that game? Like they were on top for 55, 60 minutes um, and playing the better hurling all throughout. But there's there's these games that, and and, and, gen, and more times than not, it's the, it's the kind of traditional power that comes through, the kind of the tip the cork, that get over the line. And I suppose that's the power of tradition and all that, that you can't actually, you know, get any sports science analysis from. You can't quantify. It's just there. Um, but why, um, they were the why, five I had. They're, they're excellent giggles. And I think that is the beauty of hurling. Like, as in, you're never really out of a hurling match. Like, 10 minutes ago, you're seven or eight points down. That game is salvageable. Like, which is ridiculous. Yeah. Like, you know, there's no other game. If you're playing soccer and you're 3-0 down, you're playing getting football, and even if you're four or five points up and getting football, you're, v- you're very unlikely to give that up. It's very hard yeah, to I give w- that up. There was another article came up on um, came up on Instagram or Facebook or one of those things that you're stuck on these days. Um, it was an article from two years ago, Lismore 613, passage 319. Lismore won by three points. Lismore were 16 points down at halftime. And between Morris and Dan, they scored six eight in the second half. <laughs> Morris got Morris got two seven, and Dan got four one, and they bet passage in a championship game. You know, which is it's just another one that kind of it just popped up as well, and it was like, how can you be sixteen points down and actually lose lose a game, or sixteen points up and lose a game, or sixteen points down and win a game? But yeah, it's definitely possible in the game of hurling. Yeah, giggles well done. Another excellent giggles car. Another excellent giggles car. You're put, you're putting fierce work into them now. To be fair. Thanks, Liam. Where did I get credit from you? Uh, all right. Well, coming up next, we're going to have a, a look at some of the... We've obviously touched on some very good games there, but a bit more detail on some very good games not involving our own counties. Travelling in a fight come On a hippie trailhead full of zombies I met a strange lady, she made me nervous. She took me in and gave me breakfast. And she said, Do you come from a land down under? Okay, Giggles laid down a challenge for us there now. He's just putting his headphones back on. Um, laid down a challenge for myself and Shawnee to come up with our favourite three games of all time not involving our own counties. Sorry, Giggles. And they don't have to be the best games. Just what favorite, what your favorite games are? Oh, yeah, I guess. very subjective giggles. Yeah, <laughs> it can be the under. It can be that. It can be that under twenty one county final game where you mark here and Joyce have as a game. That can be, but that's involved in your own county. That so you can't oh, pick that one. But John, as an example, when you played centre forward, like people think you're a cornerback out and out. Like, but we, we've we've heard the rumours that you can play in the forwards. Oh look, I can, I'm kind of play anywhere really. To be honest. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, Shawnee, why don't we start with you? Sure, why don't we? Um, I'll go so first. Uh, <laughs> in at number three, we have the 1998 All-Ireland Hurling Final between Offaly and Kilkenny. Oh, why I picked this was purely down to one of my all-time favourite hurlers, Brian Whelan, and the fact that he'd went into the game, he had the flu, he started a wing-back, he was getting roasted at wing-back, Moved up to the full forward line. Um, and ended from. up turning the complete game yeah. for, for Offaly. Scored 1-6. Um, yeah, that came in at number three. Uh, number two was the 2005 All-Ireland semi-final between Galway and Kilkenny. <laughs> There's five. a team here, is there? <laughs> five, no, five, no, wait, wait, wait. I'll re- wait now. 
Five eighteen to four eighteen. Niall Healy Patrick. and Jor Farrer absolutely tearing it up for Galway. Yeah, uh, that, yeah. Poor John Tennyson was sprung in full back. First senior championship yeah. game for Kenny got destroyed by Niall Healy. No, I think Noel Hickey was involved in there too, wasn't he? No, that's why Tennyson was wasn't playing he? full back. Yeah. Ah oh, right, okay, yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, I just remember that game. It just it was just goals galore. It was five eighteen to four eighteen. So. And I think Galway had been absolutely hockey by kicking the year before as well. Indeed, and I think if uh, I remember right, Shawnee, there was there, sorry to cut across you, but um, no, yeah. it was something like five eighteen to one sixteen with 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 about ten minutes to go in that game, and yeah, like Cody, I think mentioned the Liam. Cody mentioned that like he was thinking this is it for me. Like he was after losing all four to Cork, or five to Galway in the semi final. But he said he saw something in the last 10 minutes with Kilkenny that, who nearly got yeah. back and got a snook a draw out of it yeah. and said there's something to work with here and changed a few things in 06. But yeah, the rest he of history, actually, isn't it? He actually mentioned that game specifically in his book, right? About about that, about the character of the team. Yeah, yeah it was, I remember being at it like that. Yeah, they looked dead and buried and the comeback, obviously, it was, it was just one goal too far for them to to, to overcome but they, yeah to put in a serious goal I think Eddie Brennan got I think Eddie Brennan got two goals he got two goals he did, yeah, yeah. He, he, the first score of the game was an Eddie Brennan goal I'm, I'm pretty sure he yeah. just slipped in behind the full backs and just lit and a pure Eddie Brennan goal like you know he didn't lash it into the net yeah, it placed it dance around the fella and a little tap into the corner no yeah. problem What's number one, Shawnee? So, number one, I'll redeem myself here now, Liam, was the game we spoke about earlier. It was a 2009 All-Ireland Final, Kilkenny and Tipperary. Just for sheer, just guts and glory, I guess. Um, decision-making, controversial decision by Dear McCurwin. Jackie Terrell's big hit on Seamus Callanan, which he actually, I heard on a podcast recently, that he, one of the one things he was apologetic about was actually going for Callanan that day and actually... You know, catching them straight into the chest. Um, just an enthralling game from start to finish, really, and, and just the decisions and the way the game went. I think that was my number one. I love that they're all the Kenny games. Yeah, I couldn't. I, I the other one I had at number three, and I was going to pick it, but I wanted to get Brian Whelan in there. Was um was the ninety eight or ninety seven All Ireland final being clear and tip. Mm. That one, I say, it's the first game, first game, or the only game I have ever felt sorry, you know, for tip in terms of like, I spe- and especially I felt sorry for John Lahey, uh in that game, like that he just completely fluffed the shot to win the game, and he did the same thing in the Munster final that year as well. Never really feel sorry for Tip. You didn't really, really feel sorry for him, did you? <laughs> uh, probably not, but it was it was the closest thing I came. Yeah, to. I think I think the more games you work, watch on this nostalgic kind of GA go or wherever the hell you're watching them, TG4, etc. You realise, in fairness, how much of a quality hurler John Lahey was, despite yeah. his 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 kind of nemesis of a personality off the field. Right, as a player, he was actually gifted, and like that was obviously two misses that you're pointing out there. But you see some of the performances he gives and the. He really was obviously an inspiration for the likes of Owen Kelly and Paul Kelly growing up in Mullinahone and they aspired to be like him. Um, he, he was a class player, to be fair. Yeah, he was. He was a good player, all right, in fairness. And he's done a lot of good work in the GA since after finishing up as well. A lot of work he does going around with coaching and, oh, yeah. and, and, yeah, and speaking yeah, like yeah. he does. We spent a nice, actually, he gave us a talk there when I was playing for him Kelly and uh, we played Mullinahone in a Chand game. And he sat in with us for about, I'd say, an hour afterwards, giving us a talk about 
and, and do you know what? Looking back, it was all about mental health. The talk yeah, that's his thing now. Yeah, you know? it's mental health. So he speaks on. Yeah. Very good. Very good, Shawnee. Well give, give, give us your crew, Liam. Like Giggle says before. No preparation as usual. We came on air. <laughs> no interest in Uncle Kenny matches, and that's not true. But, like, it's hard. Like, thinking back in all our, like, I always try and think of a big game in the last, like, in my lifetime, watching matches the last 15 years. A lot of those all Ireland finals, like, quality wise, weren't great. Do you know what I mean? There's a lot of all our, like, not involved with Kenny. I'm not saying that the Kenny ones were really high standard, but I was thinking like 2013, the Cork Clare one, as a game, I think, was very, very enjoyable. The first day, the drawn day, because it was yeah. so ridiculous. Mm. Like, no, no marking. No marking. And it was being laid down as this oh, new brand of hurling. This is the way hurling is going to be now. And I was just looking on it, I was like, this is just like a training match. Like, it was unreal to watch because it was just end-to-end score, 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 but there wasn't a glove being laid on anyone. So, number three, I think that w- would be... I would put that in there just from a pure, like, ridiculous spectacle in an All-Ireland final. Yeah. You picked my number... I, I had the same number three, Liam, so I'm, I'm not going to go over it again, but I think 25 points to 316 I finished up. Clare yeah. were all over Cork that day. And it was the day that Patrick Horgan used the, the class he had and I remember leaving the stadium. I was at the game thinking, I was walking out the door thinking, Cork have robbed in All-Ireland. Uh, absolutely. Jimmy Barry Murphy worked the Oracle again, like, you know, come from nowhere and winning All-Ireland. And then the Holy Moses moment came from Don Donovan, you know, and, and the commentary from Marty Morrissey is famous. And Claire got the replay out of it. And Davey jumps in front of the cameras like he always does and jumps on his knees looking for the headlines. And um, Claire went on and won the replay. Uh, interestingly, Cork scored three sixteen in the first game, and they scored three sixteen in the second yeah. game as well. Yeah, and Clare got five. Was it five sixteen in the replay? Five sixteen in the replay, exactly. Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, number two, then we touched on it. That Cork Limerick game in recent times what was twenty eighteen. That was an unbelievable match. I think we actually watched that with you, Shawnee. I have some yeah. reason. I think we watched that together. I think you came over yeah. to or I came over to yours. You came over to mine. I think you were away, giggle. That's time. Like, that was just a brilliant game to watch just for, like, going to extra time. And that was the first year, I think, of the round robin as well. Am I right in saying that? In Munster. First year semi-finals going to... Yeah. First year semi-finals yeah. going to semi, extra time as well. Yeah. So, like, that was kind of new territory. And that year had been just... All the games had been nothing in them all in both Munster and Leinster. And that was just an absolute ding-dong. And I love seeing the game going to extra time, especially when you stay up on a Sunday night to watch it. You're going to bed at one o'clock and you end up going to bed at like two o'clock and you can't go to sleep after watching a game in Australia like that because yeah, you're just wired even exactly. though you can't even playing. So I really, really enjoyed that one. And then, look, I think this is kind of an obvious one. I thought what Shani couldn't touch on our giggles can't. But is the Cork War for Munster final uh, yeah. 2004. Obviously that was just on TG Catter the other night on Sunday night there. And I hadn't seen it in a long time. I had seen it since, like, since the, the first time it was played. But watching that back again, it was just so enjoyable to watch the hurling in it. Even though that was Cork in their hand-passing short game mode, there wasn't a lot of it in that game. There was actually, it was just real, Aww. it was real raw, direct hurling all the way through. And just the characters involved in that Waterford team Cork obviously were in their pomp as well. Little did they know they were going to go on and you know stop Kilkenny win the three in a row. 
and the, and the crowd in Semple Stadium and the sun out, it was just that kind of monster hurling, sunny day, like the players feeding off the energy in the crowd. I thought that, I suppose, as a non Kenny match, and uh, I hate saying it, but you know, a real monster hurling kind of game for <laughs> for me um, would probably be my favourite non game involving my county. Yeah, I, 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 I literally remember that day, 16 years ago, this um, this June or July, whenever it was, and I swear to God, I remember everything. I got into Aidan Armand's um, 1998 Maroon BMW down in Lismore. We drove up to the match. There was about five of us. The place before the game was absolutely heaving. It was just ridiculous. The game itself was ridiculous. And then I'd say every single Waterford person that was at the game was on the pitch for about 40 minutes afterwards. Then we all went down to Bowes Pub in Turles, which is before the square. And like the likes, like Owen McGrath, John Milan, Ke- Owen Kelly, all the lunatics, like all walked down from the pitch down to the square with the cup and had points with all the fans. It was absolutely mental. <laughs> it, it was actually one of those days that I can nearly remember every single minute of it. Like it, it was, it was a special day for Waterford Hurling because like, Right, we'd won in 2002, first time in 39 years. But they hadn't beaten Cork in something like 60 or 65 years in the Munster Championship game or in the Munster final. And they got some fair flakings off them. And I think it was just, everyone thought this was this was Waterford's time. And then, unfortunately, Milan, who had been on fire all summer, was suspended for the Kilkenny game. Yeah. Kilkenny hit Waterford in that semi-final for three goals in the first 20 minutes. I think Shefflin got them all. Cody masterclass again. Threw Shefflin in at number 15 at the start of the game. Mark and Owen Murphy. Three goals down. And actually Warford got it back to, I think it was 312 to 18 points it finished up at. Um, Paul Flynn scored 13 of those points. And Paul O'Brien from Tallow, a former classmate of mine, had a chance right at the death with a pull like he scored against Brendan Cummins in 2004 to level it. And he, he just fluffed the pull a small bit. And however, I think it was McGarry and Gold picked it, drove it out, and that was the game over. And it was Waterford's chance really gone there. But it would have been a Cork Waterford all Ireland again yeah. had we gotten over Kilkenny at that stage. Great yeah. day, though. Unreal day. Yeah, an unreal day. I think, yeah, I, yeah. Just, I just watched the game there during the week. Giggs has gone on to the semi final there now. We're back on the Cork, Cork Waterford game. I watched there on Thursday night. Or Wednesday night, I can't remember. And I had, I actually hadn't watched it since, since I'd say back in that year, I'd say. And freaking hell, I was texting you guys in the middle of it. It was, it was a phenomenal game, like, and it definitely stood the test of time. Like, if you, you wouldn't, if you saw that game now in 2020, you know, you would say, you know, that's right up there, like. Yeah, definitely. Um, the pa- the pace of it, especially. Like, oh yeah, the pace was phenomenal. And I just said, yeah, Liam, whenever it's Cork and Waterford. Cork always seemed to just throw out the window whatever game plans they have and it would just go hammer and tongs with them. Let's go at them and see who, who comes out on top. And uh, just I remember like Shannon absolutely destroying Gardner at the yeah. start. Just, and they'd put geez, Gardner, they'd put Gardner on him specifically like. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, that was, that was a very I mean, Don Grady tactic. It was like John Gardner was known for pumping balls down the field, like launching them, high snow yeah. coming on top of them, yeah, yeah. And Sean Oak was known for delivering the specific ball down to the corner forward, you know, the quality ball. And it transpired afterwards, Donald O'Grady heard afterwards, that he wanted Sean Oak free to deliver ball. And if you watch the game, Sean Oak delivered some unbelievable ball to Ben O'Connor and Jordine in the two corners that day. And they were cleaning Watford out. 
Yeah. Uh, but they had to make the, the obvious swap and bring Sean Ogg over onto Dan and quieten him a small bit. But Dan had got one three off Gardner. It wasn't a, Gardner wasn't able for him. Um, but actually, it, yeah. it kind of ruined Cork's game plan by taking Sean Ogg out of that delivery piece. I look, we could talk about this game for hours. Yeah. I could talk about it for oh, hours now. Yeah. And just so people, <laughs> the listeners know, just so the listeners know, me and Shawnee were um, spent Christmas with Giggles and his family and all our families together. And Giggles has a little fella now, Baby Sean. And Giggles shows Baby Sean the 2004 Muster Final on YouTube when he's having his dinner. He does, yeah. He gets the full... Full the full lowdown on us. Um, yeah, it's kind of, yeah, and I, I just, and I feel I, for Baby Sean that you know he doesn't know, but like that that game is like sixteen years ago. That's so far Giggles has to go back to show him yeah. something, you know. Like, but anyway, so, on, that's just a little aside. That's just a little aside. That is on the game. That's related to the game. All, I know. Yeah, just I was I was in the middle of there now. You sorry, sorry, me. you dropped right. your flow. I was just on about um Gardner. I think I think Kelly Kelly's goal. In the first half, oh, he some glanced past Gardner as well. Yeah. It was furious. But like even the midfield, looking at the midfield, Jerry, Jerry O'Connor and Tom Kinney ran midfield. They were unbelievable. Correct, um, yeah. Ben O'Connor was phenomenal. Yeah, he got his, his point in the second half, but he, when he linked up with uh, himself and Jerry, it was just out of this world. I love back then, like um, Ben O'Connor, like used to take off his helmet when things got serious. Like helmet came off. But he, and, this, he did that. He's done yeah. that in a few. He did it in two thousand six as well. Took the helmet off. Yeah. There's a superstition yeah. with Ben O'Connor actually that actually he started every game with the helmet off, and someone would run in with the helmet after a minute, and he, and he put, put the on. helmet on, and then oh. as the game transpired, he'd take it off again. Yeah. But you look That's back right. at that. There's, uh, there's a load of war for lads with no helmets. What was the name? Gosh, of the, what, what, was, what, what was the name and of the back teeth, eagles? Yeah. Left half back eagles. What was his name? The bull feeling. Yeah. He's yeah. some raw man, isn't he? He, yeah. he destroyed Garvin McCarthy. Absolutely. Oh, Stay that like, goal, Garvin like McCarthy. You, you, you Tony Brown, Kemmer Grand, the bull feeling was a fair half. Like, you, you'd iconic oh, half back lines back then. Like, mm. you'd Sean, you'd, you'd Tommy Hogan and JJ. You had Gardner, um, what's his name, Ronan Curran and, and Sean Oak. And I remember there was a guy who was my age from Cork, a guy called Kevin Hartnett, who was an amazing hurler. And, he was coming around around that time, and sure, he couldn't make a dent at all because no. he was up against the best of the best in the half back line. Like so, um, you had some great half back lines around at, at, at that time. But the one thing as well, like you know, it was a Kim McGrath got man the match that day. I think no, I, I was watching. No, Flynn, Flynn got man the match. Was it? Yeah, Kim yeah. McGrath and and Ronan Curran. I was watching them two of them specifically, just being the number sixes and. They just launched every ball up into the air. Every oh time. yeah, at the ball, it was like oh, I love that. It was just criminal stuff. Yeah, but that's the way it was. <laughs> that's the way it was, though. That was what was brilliant about. Forrest had to win the wrong ball. Liam, you were born in the wrong era. Liam, you would have <laughs> you would have loved to be playing back in the nineties. <laughs> Definitely, big time. <laughs> Yourself, Eddie and Willie would have been the full kick any full back. Definitely suit my game better. Um, but no, I love that. Yeah. That's what I loved about it. That's the watching that game was so enjoyable. Was. And I think I uh, was it in that game as well. I was saw on Twitter recently, like that skill where Kevin McGrath ball is hits him, and he controls it onto the hurl and doubles on it without catching it. Yeah. Like you'd never yeah, see yeah. anyone do that now. You would never do that in a match. Like no. you know, Seamus Prendergast has to be one of the most unsung heroes. Oh, of the yeah. I I like, loved him. I just love him. Yeah, he was a brilliant hurler. Brilliant. He always yeah. delivered and delivered on a lot of games for Watford big, on the big day. Like he always hurled against the Kenny. Times. He always hurled against yeah. the Kenny. 
He's, got, he's a man mountain and he's got bucket hands. And but he's, he just, but he scores, he's, he's he gets though. He scores oh, though. He does, yeah. He, gets, he used to get his two three, or three points from play. play. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, I yeah. liked him. I liked him as a, I always liked him as a hurler. Um, but yeah, that was a cracking game for me. And I'm loving, we're so lucky now over here. Myself, Giggles and Sean, we all have the dodgy boxes. And we can all get TG Cahar, <laughs> and we have a seven-day playback on it. So any all these great games that have been shown on TG Cahar, we're able to go in and watch them, which is brilliant. Clear and awfully now. We'll have to catch up in over the weekend. Is that was that on during the week? Was it? Yeah. I watched Kenny Limerick was on there. The other semi-final they had that on there on Tuesday. Was it Tuesday night or Monday night? That was a, that was a very enjoyable game, even as a neutral. I think to be fair, it was a great. Is that last year? Last year's one. Yeah. 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 Oh yeah, that was a great game. I was actually roaring at the television as if Waterford were playing, shouting for Limerick at the end of that game. Yeah, of course, the whole country was giggles. That's fine. Couldn't yeah, believe think anyone that uh, game. I was thinking about our, uh, the two years we've left in the Betlehem, but anyway, I, I'm going to move on to my um, <laughs> giggles. Well, my, giggles, uh, no giggles. It's it's actually twenty, twenty one, twenty two. Just this year and two more years. Tradition's gone, leave. <laughs> anyway, right? <laughs> the um, the uh, oh, you're I, tree, I, yes, I, agreed, I, I, I agreed with you on, the, on number three. I so I clear every Cork 2013 draw game as number three. Number, and I was trying to say to myself, right, you can't pick a game that you weren't at as, as in your top three, but I kind of had to pick this game as number two. It was 2003 league final between Kilkenny and Tip. Oh yeah. yeah um, unbelievable. It was three three, I think three twelve to eleven points with fifteen minutes to go. And there was six six scored in the last fifteen minutes. And unfortunately for Tipperary, <laughs> four four that six six went to Kilkenny and it was real That was in Crow no, Park Kiggins, am I right in saying that? That was in it was in Crow, it was, was in Crow Park. How was that? Crow Park was still semi under construction if I be, if I be right in saying that like one of the Nally ends or the Davin ends wasn't built yet. Um, it was it was just I was it was like a summer's day in April or something like that and it was like Tip had the game won, tip the game won. and yeah. it was a, yeah. it was a kind of a Tip team that was like never win netting. They had won their all one All Ireland, War for Benman or two in the Munster final, and they're on the way down. But this was a kind of like a big we're going to come back into it. They hadn't done anything after that either. But uh, it was like nearly Charlie and DJ's last hurrah, kind of, you could say, that the two of them got two or three goals out of those four goals in the last few minutes. And it was, it was like very Uncle Kenny-like, you know, to concede five goals. But it was just ding-dong, ding-dong. I remember watching it at home and thinking, this is just fucking unbelievable. Just mad to go to the ball alley afterwards, whatever it was. Um, it was just a class game. I wish I was at it. It wasn't at it. But I had to put that up there as my number two. Well, long against, yeah, well, that was a great game. Yeah, happy with that. And look, my, my favourite game of all time is just memories for me. I wouldn't say it's the most high-quality game. It was the first All-Ireland I was ever at. Um, drove up with my dad and my and school principal, Morris Geary, at the time. In 1995, we drove up to watch All-Ireland. It was just... like I'd been in Crow Park in 92 and 93 for football All-Ireland semi-finals, the old Crow Park. We sat, I remember we sat up at the top of the Cusick stand, which was the only stand built at the time, it was the old Hogan, the old terraces, and um, watching Clare, who everybody loved at the time. Like everybody loved Clare at this stage. Nobody could say a bad word against Clare. Awfully were the raging hot favourites. 
Davy Fitz left in a stinker of a goal just before halftime off Michael Dignan. Um, Offaly the game won and then Clare came back. Anthony Daly hit the 65, hit the crossbar. Eamon Taff whipped in the ball back in the net. And the noise, I've never experienced anything like it, I swear to God in my life. The noise from the Clare fans that day was ridiculous. And Clare broke the Billy Early curse of 81 years and won the All-Ireland. It was, I swear to God, it was an experience that I've never, I'll never forget. And just funny enough, when, when, when we drive back from Dublin, we go as far as Clare in County Tipperary and then we go over a thing called the V, right? It's a big mountainous area with lots of, there'd be lots of sheep on the road. And my dad at the time was driving a Renault 21, 1989 Renault 21, and driving, and a sheep jumped off the ditch, rammed into the side door of the car. Morris Geary, who was the principal of the school at the time, ended up in my old lad's lap in the driver's seat. The car skated and just came to a complete stop in the middle of the mountains, and the, and the car was in shit. But we managed to drive it back as far as this more anyway. But um, as far as the... I, I have so many memories of that game. It was just... It's just my number one. If Waterford had won at Ireland, obviously, at some stage, that would be my number one. But obviously, the experience of just going to your first ever hurling at Ireland final stands out a million miles for me, anyway. Yeah, and to be at an, an historic one like that, as a neutral, like there's a lot to be said for going. Obviously, you'll be shouting for Clare, but getting to go to an Ireland final as a neutral is such an enjoyable experience because you can just enjoy the match. You're not. You're not. Liam, on... Unfortunately, I, I've had that. I've had that experience far too too often. To be honest, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, know, I would but... much prefer to be going to Ireland <laughs> as a fan. But I uh, you know what you're saying. You, know what I'm it, saying? It is, it you is can great. enjoy. Yeah, it, yeah. Like is in. It's like because those tickets obviously are, are like goldless, especially for, like Claire involved in '95 Ireland final. Like, to get to go as a young lad and to be able to remember it, it's pretty cool to wit- You know, to witness one of those. Um, and I remember watching that match as well. I was in my granny's house on holidays, um, and I remember watching on the telly, like, uh, and every the, the the banner roar. Everyone was up for the whole country was up for Clare. Yeah, they yeah, were, they yeah. were. The banner roar was the gas thing as well. The yeah. woo hoo hoo or so, yeah. whatever it was. <laughs> yeah, they, yeah, that was it. That was the one. Yeah. Uh, and then everyone ended up hating Clare then, but uh, it's funny they they went from like ninety five, everyone loved them to ninety eight. And I think it was after the Munster final with Watford when Colin Lynch went berserk and Gerlach Nan really just took aim at the rest of it. Like, Gerlach Nan created the perfect siege mentality, you'd have to agree, over a four-year period, but to the behest of everybody liking the team, but he didn't care about that. Um, you could say it probably, actually, probably just thinking about it now, right, the biggest robbery of all time was probably awfully beaten Clare in 98. Oh, after yeah. Jimmy Cooney blowing the game up, actually, that probably should be number one. We'll put that as number one. We'll, we'll revise the, the, the top five. But Clare should have won a third at Ireland with that team. They didn't. Yeah. They got to they got to Ireland final in 2002 um, with a, an age game, team. Sh- Sean, yeah, and was that, that, that was the game DJ got the point off the stick. Yeah. But you know what? Where he that made point, a fool of Ali Baker. That point off the stick was class, right? But the goal he got is, is a goal, one of DJ's goals that's never really talked about. He got a goal in the mm. first half with Sheffield hitting the ball. He just come onto it and just guided the ball in, like tapped, batted it into the bottom corner. It was unbelievable goal. And no you, one thought. You kind of, yeah, you kind of, you kind of like it to a deft net drop shot from Roger yeah. Federer <laughs> would be the best way I could yeah. describe it. It was amazing. It was, and Shefflin miss hit the shot. He was going for a point, but it was just, it was, it was magic by DJ. And DJ was another man. Like DJ, he was a size thirty six hurley all his career. 
for a lad five who was ten. probably five foot ten. Five foot was he? Fuck five foot ten. He was five foot eight or, or nah, seven. Five foot ten. He's five foot ten. Not now with the bald head. <laughs> but like he was always small and, and like you would associate thirty fours or thirty threes. But he used to just be able to like, and it's harder with the longer hurley, obviously, to have control. But he was just uh, he was a different grave. He was but the best that, of all but time. That, but that year as well, he only came back, played the All semi final, and finally got an All Star. He didn't play. Yeah. Any, didn't play all year for Kenny that year. Anyway, well, Donkey is yeah. very good, very good again. We're we're running out of time here on the second free Zoom call. We've got less than two minutes to go, so I think we? yeah, I think we might wrap wrap it up there, Sean. Unless you've anything quickly to add. No, no. Um, giggles is giggles is uh, list there was pretty pretty uh, spot on. I think yeah, the the Claire Noffley. Roughly game was a robbery, wasn't it? Really, jeez, like Claire were done out of an all earned that year. I remember roaring for Shawnee, Roffley. I roared Shawnee, for, for you. Who, who's better? Who's better for you, Shawnee, DJ or Henry? I I'd say Henry because he's just all around game. Yeah, Liam loves Henry now because he named his son after him. So I'm not going to ask him. Well, look, I'll be honest. Individual brilliance, DJ every day. But who would who would you want in your team? Probably Shefflin. I just yeah, like to get to Shawnee's point, you know, to what he said. Yeah. But DJ like DJ's individual brilliance and his pace and he could just turn on and create something out of nothing. I I hate this I hate though this is the one thing I hate being asked is comparing players from different areas. No, they played with each other though, Shawnee. They played in the same they played know, in the same team. Kinda, like DJ. Hey, tell you one thing, I'm gonna finish up Henry's here now because we've got less than a minute to go. No, do you want to finish up on this one though is what a full forward line of it was uh, 99 Ireland the final they lost it was Shefflin Charlie Carter and DJ at one stage in that, in that, in Cork that one Cork yeah. one but what a full forward line <laughs> alright get, get in touch on Akadeji on Twitter and Instagram and we'll talk to you again soon thanks Johnny thanks Eagles good luck lads God bless <laughs>